deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, speaker, blogger, podcaster. Look, happy to be here. Happy you're with us. It doesn't get any better than that, man. Love doing this show. Love having the chance to share this with you every two weeks. And I'm really excited to join you in the middle of November, kind of the middle of November, for this show for a fishing episode. We're going to talk about winter and fall bass fishing and uh, all the way up into the early spring months uh, when the spawn starts. And I've got a gentleman on the uh, on the line, Mr. Matt Williams, who is a writer for Texas Fishing Game, has been a writer since, uh, well, since I was a young man, very young man, (laughs) Um, and uh, has been a freelance guy and uh, does a lot of work in the outdoor industry as far as editorial goes. Um, He has features just like I do in the magazine. He also has a column on freshwater fishing, and then he also does a wide variety of other things in the outdoors, and it's just a great interview, so I really think you will enjoy this interview with us uh, together. Uh, on the phone so anyway we just wanted to thank you so much for tuning in and checking us out if you've not done so already please subscribe to the podcast it does not cost you anything it is absolutely free and um, it does not uh, require anything other than just subscribing through your favorite podcasting app if you have one or through iTunes or whatever uh, the device you're using to subscribe to this you can subscribe through Podbean and follow the show and uh, that would help us uh get you shows faster and better and easier than having to look for us on social media and be downloaded directly to your device so that's kind of cool so a question i recently had was where did the year go my goodness uh we have gone through um we're on our 11th month of the year almost through with the 2017 and i don't know where the time has gone but my goodness it's been going by fast um Deer season's here. Obviously, I'll talk real briefly. I uh, talked about on the last show going somewhere for opening weekend of gun season. I went to Mason uh, on a family ranch or a friend of the family's ranch, I should say, um, and really had a good time there. Got two deer, and I got them both on video. So you can watch that video on my YouTube channel or on my website, dustinsprojects.com, or Warnkey Outdoors is my blog. Um, we'll have all that information on there. All those videos will be up at the top of the video page of the TV page of both of those sites. So you can go check that out. Or you can subscribe to me on YouTube, which would be great because I've got a pretty good number of subscribers there and love to grow that number some. Um, that is also free. You get all my new videos and get notifications when new videos drop and that kind of stuff. So I have a hunting video and I have a fishing video. If you remember, I did a whole podcast on the running of the bulls, bulls on parade, the saltwater fishing podcast that I did for the Burris, Louisiana trip, I did for the Burris Marsh Media Bash, and uh, holy smokes, that was a lot of fun. I've got some footage in this video of me hooking into some bull reds, and um, just really a fun video. It's about 15 minutes long. It's a little bit long in the internet world for a video, but seeing what, uh, what these other gals and guys that do fishing videos on YouTube do, I mean, it's not that long, so... But I kind of crammed everything, all my fishing action, into the 15-minute video. And uh, so that is up there, the Burris Media Bash uh, event video of bull red fishing, mainly covering one day and then a couple of segments from the other two days, but mainly one day when we really got into the redfish crazy. So, All right, so back to freshwater fishing and uh, having a lot of fun there. 
You can check out Matt Williams' um, column and uh, feature stories at Texas Fishing Games Magazine's website at fishgame.com. You can order a digital subscription there to the magazine, or you can order a print subscription, and those are very low cost and are the kind of the gift to keep on giving. And by the way, we're in the holiday months. It wouldn't be a bad idea to get a subscription for Texas Fishing Game to someone you love. It's just a good idea. It's making it a great gift idea. So uh, definitely check out fishgame.com for that and the rest of our content. We have uh, three different newsletters I'll talk about at the end of the show uh, to remember to subscribe to those as well. And this week, before I release this show... I am going to another fishing event in Louisiana. This one's just south of New Orleans, and I uh, don't know what we're going to be fishing for there, but it should be a lot of fun. It's a first annual fishing event for this particular group, so I'm excited to be invited to that and represent the Texas Fishing Game colors, <laughs> you know, wave our Texas Fishing Game flag over there. So anyway, here's my interview with Mr. Matt Williams. Joining me on the phone is Mr. Matt Williams from Texas Fishing Game, one of our awesome columnists and uh, feature article writers. How are you doing today, Mr. Matt? I'm doing good, Dustin. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Chester Moore, our editor-in-chief, has been on the podcast many times, uh, told me to give you a call this time of year to talk about fall bass as we're in November now. We talked about a lot about uh, hunting stuff these last couple of shows. Um, I wanted to go into some fishing stuff because that's certainly a pertinent thing this time of year. Uh, Mr. Matt, would you please tell us about yourself, just kind of how you got started in the outdoor industry and your work with Texas Fishing Game? Dustin, I've been uh, an outdoor writer since uh, 19. I wrote my first magazine article when I was a senior in college at Stephen F. Austin State University in 1986. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to tell you how old I was in 1986. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I've kind of set my sights on doing this, you know, when I was in school and started, I guess I had the first and only outdoors column in the in the Stephen F. Austin newspaper when I was in college as a journalism major but uh I've been pretty much doing doing it ever since I started freelancing full-time in 1990 and and uh been grinding it out man that's really cool and I I started certainly a lot uh a lot later in life than you did I started in my uh, late twenties, uh, early thirties, just kind of testing out my outdoor riding skills. And then I, I kind of got real serious about doing this about six years ago. And, um, you know, I write features. I'm sure you've seen some of those. And then obviously I, I watch your features all the time and read those and your column. It's always important to, to read about learning stuff. And I mean, I just, I love this business and I just love sharing this with other people, which is why I do this podcast every two weeks. Yeah, it's a neat, it's a neat way to make a living. I mean, you kind of get to uh, do what you what you what you love and and you know hunting and fishing has always been my my passion ever since I can remember and it's kind of a it's a it's a it's a rewarding career you know as you well know you don't get rich doing it but right you can, you can uh if you hustle and get your work done and do good stuff you can make it yeah, sure. No, absolutely. And it's great for anybody that's aspiring to do stuff like this. I mean, I'm thinking of writing my next book on 
how to uh, be successful in the outdoor industry, you know, how to get sponsors, pro staff positions, that kind of stuff. Cause I've, I'm pretty big in the hunting world for pro staffs and sponsors and I, and that kind of stuff. But fishing, I, uh, I do some stuff in, but just not as much as I do in the hunting world. But you know, it's definitely a great, uh, great industry. There's a lot of competition in it, but I mean, I, I love where it's at and I love seeing new people come to the sport and kids getting involved and in that kind of stuff as well. And one of the things I think you really did well with is a lot of your profiles of pro anglers. I've watched some of your, read some of your columns and read some of your future articles in the magazine about how, you know, kind of a profile of the, of the pro angler. Would you give us a little bit about that? You talking about some of the, the guys that were in this, that's been in it for, you know, for years yes. and years and years. Yes. Oh, you, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I've followed this sport, you know, like I said, ever since, you know, the late, late eighties. And I've watched it kind of evolve into what has become today. And it, man, it has changed so much. It has. It's, uh, it, you know, the electronics and the amount of, you know, technology and the, the knowledge of these guys now is awesome. But, you know, some of the old school guys, you know, your Tommy Martins and, and Zell Rollins and, uh, Lindell Martins, and, you know, they're, they're, they're still they're still at it, and uh, I mean, yes. Tommy Martin is going on. I think Tommy's going to be seventy six, seventy seven, seventy seven years old this year, and mm-hmm. he's still fishing tournaments. And uh, it's 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 just incredible that guy's a machine. Well, I mean, will, yeah, go ahead, keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, he'll just he can he can fish from daylight to dark and and never slow down he still has a stamina off after all these years that's great oh yeah no no doubt about it and you know there's uh there's some of them that have hung it up but there's there's several of them that are still they're still pretty active in the sport you're never too old to fish right (laughs) never too old to fish but i'll tell you what fishing competitively nowadays you better be you better be with it you know because these guys will beat your brains out well, and that's the thing that I, I don't know, I'm sure you kept up with the Bassmaster Classic this year. I certainly did because it was based here in Houston. And to thank Jordan Lees, he's like 26 years old at the time he won it. And uh, he just, he spanked everybody. I mean, it was it was a close win, but I mean, he still did an incredible job at 26 years old on Lake Conroe. Didn't you think so? Oh, no question. No question about it. And, and under the circumstances, you know, when he was broke down. Right. And, uh, Absolutely. I forgot about that now that you mentioned it. But I'll it. tell you what, you know, if you look at a lot of those photos, you know, he was broke down fishing a point with waves coming, banging against his boat. Right. And if you look at a lot of those photos from that tournament, you know, he's he's sitting there away from the bank with a big rock levee behind him, and he's in his rod box digging stuff out, and his, you know, the waves are, could could have potentially pushed him against the bank. In those had, rocks, yeah. He had that Minn Kota Ultrex up there working for him while he was, which will keep you stationary on a spot mm-hmm. while you're doing whatever. I mean, that's, that's a good example of, of the technology these guys have now. Well, but, and being yeah, resourceful. Did a, he, did a hell, he did a heck of a job down yeah. there. I thought he did too. Yeah, even when he's broke down, he's still figuring it out, and and that's what you got to do. You got to grind for it these days, you know, because everybody else wants that prize. So. He milked, he milked that spot for what it was worth. Right. You know, you, 
you find those isolated places like that and you know I'm here to tell you if you find the right spot you can you can do well yes absolutely no that's great so give us some fall bass tactic um you know uh fall bass tactics i guess if you will and just uh just some some things to do this time of year in the freshwater world uh for getting out there and getting it done well i mean during the fall of the year you know in a normal year is when your lakes are at their lowest point of the year because of you know summer evaporation lack of rain and whatnot and uh on lakes with grass hydrilla you know i'm just going to use hydrilla as an example because that's what people talk about when they're when they're talking about yes. grass but like on a lake like like rayburn and toledo bend and lake nacogdoches and pinkston and you know a lot of the lakes here in east texas that have grass that grass is going to be matted on the surface now because the lakes are typically low and and they are they're they're dropped down they're not as low as they normally are for right. this time of year but several of them are low and the grass is is in fantastic shape on a lot of these lakes and during the fall you know you have a lot of fish that go they start you know they go up the creeks because that's where the the shad head up the creek yes and you know fishing creeks is is a is a very good way to locate bass this time of year you just have to put the trolling motor down and uh you know fish fish right along the edges of the creeks and i mean there's there's any number of ways that you can can catch fish this time of year when you're fishing the edges of the creeks you know you cast the texas rig uh, a lot of topwater action there's a lot of schooling activity going on off and on right now right several of the lakes. Uh, and another good way to catch them is is flipping a big jig you know a big you know one ounce ounce and a half jig or a, a heavy you know a heavy heavy sinker texas rig you know with a uh you know a big weight mm-hmm. you know and flipping vertically in that grass but there again it's just a matter of covering water and uh you know fishing down the outside edge of that grass and it you know your grass needs to be fairly deep on the outside for that to be effective you know you know nine to twelve feet uh and you're just basically punching punching down through the down through the grass making a vertical presentation and uh you get on you if you find a, a group of fish i mean a lot of times you can catch <clears throat> i mean i know guys that have caught you know 25 or 30 pounds out of an area as big as a pickup truck <laughs> you know, and, and catching them just in rapid fire when mm-hmm. two guys are fishing a team tournament one no after another wow that's called getting in a scrape you know it, <laughs> That's what they call that. I never heard it put that way before. It's an old fishing term. Terry Oldham kind of kind of uh, coined that phrase out at at Lake Amistad years Mm -hmm. ago. You know, and uh, when it had a lot of the deep grass in it, and and I mean that's what I mean. I'm not joking. These guys can go out there. They'll have three or four, you know, six to eight pounders in the boat at the same time. And but you have to get them when they're fired up. Uh, Sure do that you know but that's a you know lot like i said a lot of top water fishing going on right now swim baits you know swim jigs you know it's 
there's just a lot of different ways you can catch them in the fall because the water temperatures are cooling down. After a long, hot summer, you know, we're finally starting to get a little bit of cool weather. It can't, it doesn't seem like it can make up its mind what it wants to do. I'm wearing shorts right now, and it's, what, almost yeah. middle of November, you know? Yeah, we'll so. be wearing sweats and tank and uh, sweat tops next week, probably. But, uh, finally. You know, it, it, uh, you know, as this water cools off, you know, when it starts getting into the 50s, that's when you're uh, you're going to have a lot of rattle trap action going on, and it's going to be good all the way through the winter. I mean, on a lot of these lakes, it's it's phenomenal. And I a lot love of people, it. A lot of people think the fish all go deep during the fall, and that's that's not the case. No. Sure, there's fish out there deep, but if a lake has hydrilla, those fish are not going to leave it. You know, they're just not. I've caught them. You know. Out of three feet of water, when water temperature be you know fifty forty nine degrees. Really, goodness, yeah. yeah. I mean, winding that rattle trap as fast as you can wind it. Right. You know, but, Just cranking it back. You know, when it comes out of that grass, that rat, the the lipless crankbait, it'll it'll hang in the top of the grass, and whenever you whenever you jerk it out, uh, it makes it kind of flutter off wildly to one side or the other and it kind of creates a, uh, a situation when you get what they call a reaction strike right right i've heard of that yeah yeah and a very effective way to fish during the winter time if you've got grass okay if you've got hydrilla in like unlike some lakes with the grass carved feet and all the, the grass like uh, lake austin i bow fished that not long ago the last year around this time around uh, september october and Holy smokes, they have just cleaned that lake out of cover. You know, it used to be a fantastic oh, bass lake. Too, it's a man. shame, man. I know. I knew you were going to say it was a shame, too. <laughs> it's, that, that's a very touchy subject. I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> it's very controversial. I, just, I mean, I've seen it, it's happened on it's happened on conroe yep. multiple i was times. gonna say conroe next absolutely yeah it's happened uh, and they put these triploid you know non-reproductive carp in there and then they reproduce somehow because you see little carp all over the place you know so i don't well, know what, well i mean a lot of times what happens is you know they'll put x number of fish in there to to uh for x number of acres of coverage area sure Okay, and well then, the next summer you have a, a, a terrible drought. Well, it drops the water level down, and so you no longer have that many acres of, of, of hydrilla that right. needs to be controlled. It but kills you, off. you still got the same amount of fish in there. Right, and they have and, less cover. Well, I mean, they there's there's more more fish than there is available stuff for them to eat you know right. because the the low water takes care of the grass if you know that if they would leave that hydrilla i've seen it i've seen it it takes care of itself you know but a lot of these a lot of people that live around these lakes you know they they uh they don't like it around their boat dock yes and, and, their, and their boat slips and and uh all they've got to do is go get a politician and you know <laughs> he'll start yanking purse strings and next thing you know it's gone yeah yeah and it's all gone that's what happened on I've austin seen it happen. 
Yeah. Lake Austin is a good example. No, it is, and that's a recent thing. And they just recently, last September in 2016, opened up Lake Austin to bow fishermen and, and anglers for grass carp. Uh, my guide on that lake, Marty McIntyre, he drives down from Belton all the time to go fish down there, had for a while, and he fished Town Lake and um, – and like Austin, and he said, man, the, the trees are stripped of their green, of their green leaves and stuff, you know, because the fish have to jump out of the water to eat, you know, to anything that's uh -huh. green and vegetation. So all the vegetation from about, I don't know, two feet or less is all stripped off of the trees <laughs> because uh -huh. all the grass carp eating because they're hungry, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, and they will. They will wipe, <laughs> they will wipe it clean, man. And, yep. And, and it takes years for it to, to bounce back. Right. I mean, if you go back and look at the history of Lake Conroe, and you can you can see the see the cycle, you know, where the fishing, right? You know, the the numbers of big fish it, it goes up and down. When it's got grass, the fishing quality gets it it, it spikes. You right. Know, and then when they take it away, it goes down. Mm-hmm. That happens on any lake. Yes. That happens on any lake where that takes place. I mean, whether, whether uh, you know, you have high water, high water will, will that's a that's a natural control method for that hydrilla. Sure. High muddy water takes away its sunlight, so it's naturally going to get get knocked back. You know. Right. And, and uh, I mean, grass benefits the fishermen in. It doesn't only make, it's not only good for the fish, but it also enables the fishermen, it gives them the ability of places to target those fish yes. along the outside edges. It positions the fish where they're more easily caught, is what I'm getting at. Okay. If you, without grass, they just scatter, you know. Right. Or they'll be around brush piles, and, you know, unless you know where brush piles are, there you have to spend a lot of time looking for them, but... Hydrilla, you know, positions the fish so they're easier to catch. No, that's a very good thing, biologically speaking. And what are your favorite go-to topwaters for this time of year, and mm -hmm. then for your for your regular baits? Uh, you mentioned lipless cranks like uh, a rattle trap, and I've I've caught a lot of bass on rattle traps over the years. I oh, love yeah, those you, things. Your traps and <clears throat> your your uh, those eerie rattling vibes. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there's just a the one knockers there there's all kinds of, of good lipless crankbaits uh on the market you know and that's why we're talking about them i'll give you you know got people a good tip you know every one of those lipless crankbaits makes a different noise you know the rattle yes. trap makes it real high-pitched but then you have your one knocker it's more of a of, of, of more of a dull type thud and a lot yes. of times, you know, those fish will get conditioned to a certain bait or a certain thing. You can you can go through an area with one bait and not get bit and then just change up with something making a little bit different uh, noise. Noise, right. All the difference in the world. And, uh, you know, your your uh, top waters, you know, like it's hard to beat a spook this time of year. Okay. That's Zara spook, right? Yeah, Zara spook. You know, you've got all different types of uh, chugger-type baits, all different kinds of, of walking-style baits. Right. I mean, it's frogs, you know, frogs are, are, are big this time of year. But, you know, you need to be in some places where, you know, you've got 
for a frog to be effective, you need to be, uh, you know, you know, two to two to four foot. Right, real shallow. Two to, two to four feet deep. You know, just because you've got grass, I'm not saying they won't hit it over nine feet of water, but you're going to have a lot better luck on a frog fishing, uh, you know, around shallower water. You know, right. Where where the vegetation is is kind of scattered. You know. Yes. Uh, but you know, there, there's all kinds of different top waters that, you know, you got your, you know, old reliable pop bar and, right. uh, um, you know, lots of school fish, you know, if you get around a bunch of school fish, a top water's hard to beat. Yeah, no, that's good. And one of the things with just about all kinds of fishing this year, this time of year, is if you find the bait fish, you'll, you're, you're more likely to find the bass or white bass or striper or whatever you're looking for. No um, doubt. You know, I wanted to include around. that. Yeah, I wanted to include that as an option too. You know, as yeah. find those bait fish. Uh, the, one of the guides we talked earlier before the show started about Alan Henry having Alabama bass. Um, one of the guys that um, I talked to, Norman Clayton, on that lake. Um, he uh, he's really big about um, you know finding the balls of bait and fishing those up in the main creeks because that lake is really full of a lot of you know main main lake creeks coming off of the the you know the the areas there and it really is a uh, is an awesome little lake but you know they have uh, that's what he's really big about is finding those balls of bait and fishing over them or fishing close to them oh yeah i mean you find you find the bait you know you're gonna a lot of times you're gonna find the fish they're not gonna be far away right you know what Another thing to watch for now too is your uh, your blue herons. You know, they're yes, the if birds. you're going up one of these creeks and you see a heron or two perched on a stump on the edge of that creek and he's watching that water right right around him. You know, there's more than likely bait around there, and the, and there could very easily be you know some schooling activity that that takes place right in there. But right. those blue herons will will tell you a lot if you'll if you'll. Uh, watch them and learn from them i've i've often heard that i understand like in striper fishing and that kind of stuff at least you follow the seagulls you follow the birds and you'll find yeah, the fish yeah you see them you know diving down and and getting those those wounded those shad, shad yeah right this is a whole different no i know i know it is i just i just just, i just wanted to say you know watching the birds is important no matter the size (laughs) you know if they're little seagulls or they're big blue herons or whatever the case may be egrets or whatever about it yeah Yeah. so but uh i'll tell you another another little scenario people need to uh you know especially fishing you know i said there's a lot of fish shallow but there's also a lot of fish out deep right now and sure. a lot of times you can find these fish with your electronics and uh, a bait that can be deadly right now is just a little uh, half three quarter ounce spoon yeah. I mean you can wear the fish out if you find a big group of fish I mean it's well, the way electronics are now it's uh, I mean if you spend the time just going out and, and using your maps you know, and following these contour lines with downscan, uh, you can locate some groups of fish and you can back off from them and just sit there and wear them out. And ease up on it, yeah. One right after another. You know, wow. they may not always be big. Right. But, but you'll get you know, some action. 
you can have a lot of fun this yeah. time of year. I love throwing it's a spoon. It's going to be that way all the way through winter. All the way through. So all the way through when the spawn starts in March, are you thinking, or are you thinking earlier than that? Oh, you're going to have a lot of fish that's going to start moving moving up, you know, to spawn. Depends on what part of the state you're talking right, about. Right, naturally. Uh, down south at Falcon, places like that, those fish will move shallow, you know, starting in January. Cause right. It's, it's warmer down there, but lakes are here in East Texas, it, it, the spawn, you know, you have a lot of pre-spawn activity starting in late January, early February. Of course, you know, the meat of the spawn always takes place in March and April here in this part of the country. You get further north that you go, you know, the the lakes tend to warm up slower because they're further north. So, you know, they, they may have a, they'll have a later spawn, you know, the right. further north that you go. But these lakes, you know, they, they don't all run up there and do their thing at the same time. You know, they'll they'll spawn from March all the way through, uh, you know, through May in a lot of these lakes. One of the biggest bass I caught out here on Lake Nacogdoches, I caught on May the 18th on a frog. And that <laughs> fish, it was a little over 10 pounds, and she spewed <laughs> eggs all over the front deck of my boat. You know, and that was in mid-May. That's a horse of a fish, too. Oh, my goodness. Especially to catch on a frog. Yeah, on a frog, for sure. I bet that wore you out. Yeah. Get the net. But, you know, the spawn is, it's February through March, you know, and April, you know, on the majority of the lakes in this part of the world. Right. No, I figured I was just kind of looking long term, you know, to, to, to talk about bass fishing and, and really, you know, there's not a bad time to fish in Texas. I, I bring that up since I work in the advertising world to some of our advertisers, you know, and just kind of say, oh, well, you know, what month is really good to run this ad? And I'm just like, baby, we're always fishing. You know what I mean? Oh, we, that's one, we are so blessed. We are. Here in Texas, to, you know, we've got one of the most progressive inland fisheries divisions in the country to look after our lakes and i'm so thankful for that we've got some good we've got some good biologists some good leaders in austin you know that that you know they kind of get their hands tied sometimes as far as the grass carp go but but overall you know we've got we've got some of the best fishing in the country and i mean and it shows yes uh I just don't know when and if we're ever going to net another state record. That's that's kind of up in the air. I don't know. It's, we've got a lake here outside of Nacogdoches where I live called Lake Nacogdoches. And, uh, you know, it opened for fishing in 2012. And they have done everything textbook they could to to produce, you know, a, a new state record in that Some lake. Some big bass, yeah. It's, they've stocked it with brood fish, and it's uh, it's you know, it's got it's produced some fish. You know, upwards of, of fourteen. You know, already, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, it, over the next five to ten years, you know, a lot of those fish that were stocked in there are going to be coming ten years old. You know, a right. lot of the, the smaller fish that were stocked in there. Yep, the fry, the and uh, it's going to be the tail of the tape over the next five to ten years. You we know, shall see. A lot of those fish that are that are getting of the age to be big. Right. See how big they grow. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's great. And I mean, the more I do this, the more I record these shows and stuff, the more I realize, again, we're kind of in the golden age of fishing in a lot of ways, like we are with hunting that I talk about all the time, because, you know, you've got all these baits, you've got all these lures, you've got all these different, you know, rigs and everything. And I mean, you know, if you don't go out and have a good time in the outdoors, it's your own fault pretty much. You know, that's what I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's we've good. Got so many different different places to go and and uh like i say it's there's there's all these like you just said there's all these different baits and stuff and the technology that we've got i mean it it has totally changed the game yes yes it it, has it's you know it's like complaining especially when these guys fishing these offshore places it's since i got started doing it a few years ago it's it, it, it will kind of ruin you because yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can go up and cast, 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 cast in shallow water for, you know, five to ten fish, or you can pull out there on these offshore places where you've located these big schools of fish, right. and you might catch 80, Yeah, you know. In one trip. You feel a heck of a lot more refreshed at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Except your arms are hurting a little bit. Yeah, you're a little sore the next day. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's good. And the other thing I'm excited about as far as trends in the market, and I talked to Chester about this on the show, is the kids getting involved in an early age. High school fishing teams, college. That was just getting started when I was going through college is this collegiate fishing stuff and tournaments. And there's all kinds of different tournaments. If you have a boat and you have a, a fishing partner, you can enter a tournament pretty much all over the state. But, I mean, we've got some of the highest-ranked lakes by the Bassmaster you know, magazine, uh, Toledo Bend won 2015 and 2016, I think, um, Lake of the Year. But, you know, there's just, there's so much. I love seeing the kids get involved in this sport. I really do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I wish they would have had it when I was in school, but I'm kind of thankful they, they didn't because I probably would have never gotten out. <laughs> You'd still be at often, CMF often. Especially about the, the college deal. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I was right here in the middle of it when I was going to school and right uh I mean I it was a I spent more time on the water and in the woods than I did probably in the classroom when I was down here. <laughs> you were destined to become an outdoor writer that's it <laughs> oh yeah but, but uh I mean it was a but yeah these kids now I mean uh it that high school fishing is is uh is getting huge you know? yeah it is it's huge, and you know the college deal. I mean, it's these guys. It's enabling them a lot of kids to be able to to kind of get out and and get involved in fishing that otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity. Yes. That's my point exactly, is just the opportunities are so much more abundant for kids that want to get involved and get hooked in the sport are a lot more, you know, um, abundant now than they used to be, and it continues to grow that way. In fact, I want to say, and you may have been part of this, Chester told me we wrote five different features on collegiate or high school bass fishing in 2016 alone. Um, you know, the coverage there. And we got a lot of positive feedback from readers saying, hey, keep up the good work on this because this is the kind of stuff we want to read about is passing this on to the next generation, which I talk about just about every show, um, how important that is to transfer that knowledge down to our next generation that's coming up in the world of the sportsman. Oh, no, no doubt. And, I mean, it doesn't just have to be, 
you know, as far as high school fishing goes. Right. You know, if you've got uh, – I'm working on a story right now about, you know, getting started in bass fishing. Yes. You know, I, I carried uh, – just this past week, I, I carried my uh, my great-nephew fishing, and he had never – he's a senior in high school up in Dallas, and he had never thrown a bait caster his whole life. Huh. And I carried him out here, and you know, and and he really did extremely well. Well, then you know, he he fished probably we fished for probably six hours, and he backlashed twice, which is incredible. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> uh, of course, that says a lot about our our reels that we have now yes. too. But anyway, what I'm getting at is is uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to be involved in the high school fishing. But if if you know a kid, if it take them, yeah, sure, you know, take them, especially if they if they show an interest in it, take them, at least give them a shot, you know, and and uh, you know, give them give them some decent equipment to to fool around with, and some uh, decent instruction to go with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he told me that he grew up, he never. When he was young, he had, he had never fished a spinning reel. He never fished a spin cast reel. He started out, his dad started him with a bait caster at a very young age. Huh. And that's, you know, a lot of a lot of guys will tell them, start off, start them off with a spinning reel, da-da-da-da-da. Well, if you start them off with the bait caster, that's, you know, a bait caster is the way to go, you know, I still use a spinning reel on occasion, but uh, with with real light baits and stuff like that. Right. Finesse baits and stuff like that. As far as accuracy goes and, and, uh, you know, power fishing situation, a bait caster is the way to go. Yeah. You know, give them them the opportunity. Right. And, uh, you may be picking out bird's nest, but by goodness, they're going to have the opportunity. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, what I did with this kid the other day, I, I tightened the the uh, the uh, drag spool down. And spool, okay. Cool. And I had him out there, and I said, "Cast with the wind," you know. And I took him out where there was nothing around, and wide open water. And I said, "Just set out," and I just said, "We just sat there and drifted." And I said, "Just cast, just mm-hmm. get out there and cast, and then we'll go fishing." You know, after you know twenty or thirty minutes of this, and he got kind of as got his timing down and, and good and you know then we went on up and 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 fished around some some targets you know some hydrillas and some stuff right. and stuff like that but i mean you can learn a lot in your backyard you know just casting you know that's great no that's that is wonderful to uh to see that and one of my favorite fishing stories when i was growing up i forget i must have been in my adolescent or early teen years and my dad was teaching me how to throw a topwater, um, and I've got an eight-year-old now that I'm teaching kind of bass fishing lessons, the chatterbaits and topwaters and all that other fun stuff, crankbaits and those kind of things. And uh, I was throwing a little frog, you know, and this is an old school. This is back in the late 80s, early 90s, an old school bait, <clears throat> uh, kind of a plastic frog. And it had 
kind of the two hooks that come down, you know, out of the bottom of it. And he was trying to teach me how to cast sideways. So I cast it sideways, but that was any, you know, he was in the front of the boat. I was in the back of the boat and I didn't watch where my cast was going. And those two barbs of that hook got right into his back. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, Oh Lord, I got to watch what I'm doing. And we still laugh about that story, man. Cause he said, it looks like he had a snake bite on his back because those two hooks hit him. So, right. <laughs> but uh, he was okay. They didn't stick in. It just left a little mark and he said boy that was one of your best casting stories you can tell your kids now you know so yeah i had a lot of fun doing that though so. you uh i mean that's i don't know that, that you gotta you, you have to you gotta it, whenever you're taking somebody like that i mean that's a prime example yeah. you know I, I always put them on the back deck right you know and, and tell them exactly what to do because you you can tear you can mess somebody up yeah you know especially some of these baits we've got now with these big treble hooks yes you can you got to be uh, careful obviously yeah. you got to be careful and you've also got to pay you got to it's kind of like driving defensively you've got to kind of you got to watch out for yourself too you got to be on the offense not just the defense don't yeah. ever turn your back <laughs> right <laughs> that's a good one but no i always want to bring up the safety part on this show is just uh you know, to, to put, you know, newcomers to the sport, kids and that kind of stuff in a safe place. And, you know, one of the highlights of my summer was, uh, was, uh, white bass fishing with, um, Royce Simmons on Lake Richland Chambers. And that's a, that's a fantastic lake. I think it's the third largest lake in the state. And, um, it, uh, it was just a great time because the guide really spent time with my son, teaching him how to fish a topwater, teaching him. And I know this wasn't, this was on a bass, you know, wasn't, wasn't largemouth bass, but it was bass regardless. And, uh, sure. But just the time that he spent with my son was just, I mean, that's an incredible guide right there, you know, and that's, that's, that's awesome. So yeah, Richland Chambers is good. It's, it's loaded with white bass. You right. Know, it's, that's a good lake to go. You know, that's the thing about, you know, white bass is if you can catch them like you're talking there, you know, and, and catch them schooling or whatever. Yeah, that's what we were doing. Yeah. So you can, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun and they've been there. They're pretty brawny little fighters, too. Yeah, Roy said if God ever made a fish for kids, it would have been the white bass, <laughs> you know, because yeah. they're so, they're not necessarily easy to catch, but they're so much fun. It is just constant fast action, and kids absolutely eat that up. So uh-huh. I definitely suggest folks take their kids, you know, uh, white bass fishing or, um, you know, just as an introduction, you know, kind of with a guide. That's a, that's a really cool idea. But man, uh, I just, I love getting folks started in the sport. So. Yeah, that's what it's all about, you know. Absolutely. I remember, you know, when when I got started, it, you know, it was just a, it, it's one of those deals that if it sticks with you, it sticks with yes. you. If it doesn't, you know, there's some folks it's just not their cup of tea, you right? Know, it's right. Like anything else. But yeah. Once you, if you ever get get infected with it, you know, whether we're talking freshwater fishing or saltwater or whatever, you know, it's a it's a good wholesome sport. It is. That, doesn't discriminate against you know age gender whatever anybody can fish yeah you know absolutely no that's a that's definitely a good thing i know i'm taking a little bit of your time here so i don't want to keep you too much longer do you have any final points for our listeners because i don't want to keep you on you know that much longer because i know you need to go Oh, you talking about as far as fall fishing goes? Yeah, as far as fall fishing and just the basic patterns and that kind of stuff. I um, mean, I think we've about covered it, okay. Justin. I, mean, I think you got, did a good job. You, you've got fish shallow and you've got fish deep. Right. You know, and you've got fish at mid, mid-range mid depth 
ranges. It's just a matter of uh, covering water around the right types of, of, of cover. Right, and structure. 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 You know? I was going to say structure. And you know, I said it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Get around the bait Get fish. Get around the bait you fish. Find yeah. the bait fish. You know, if you'll, if you'll watch a lot, especially on a still day this time of year, you'll see shad, schools of shad just dimpling the surface. I mean, I've yep. seen just hundreds of little pods of shad, you know, and that just goes to show you, you know, what's out there as far as bait fish goes. When you see that many stinking shad, I mean, I yeah. guess it, it, it's a but, good sign. You know, you don't ne- you're not going to find fish around all of them. Right, so. and and it's funny you mentioned that because I was on Lake LBJ a couple of weeks ago, maybe a few weeks ago now, and then I was before that on Lake Belton and then uh, Lake Buchanan. And, man, you know, we ran into so many of those balls of shad that were just tickling the surface, you know, yeah. and we were after catfish at that particular time, but it was just like, you know, they were just kind of dry. And you could see those birds work those fish too, you know, trying to find, like you said, those wounded shad and that kind of stuff, those easy targets. Um, yeah. but man, that, that is just cool to watch. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, sure it's is. a lot of fun. So I want to tell listeners to, uh, you know, that are also readers, of course, Texas fishing game, you've got a monthly column, you've got monthly features, uh, every once in a while. And, um, you have, uh, then I do, and I don't know if you know this about me, Mr. Matt, but I do the, uh, fishing reports for most of the Texas, uh, freshwater lakes in the state. Uh-huh. Um, and I've been doing that for going on four years now, I think a little bit over four years. So it's been an exciting thing, but you know, if you've got a specific lake, you want to ask about, you know, um, there's, there's, there, you know, all the main lakes as far as Lake Fork and, uh, Buchanan and then Toledo Bend and, and those kind of lakes are covered in the magazine, you know, and getting a subscription to that and printer digital is pretty easy and pretty inexpensive. So mm-hmm. I just want to drive people to check out your content because i love reading your stories mr matt you're a, you're a hero in my eyes <laughs> so. well i appreciate it i don't know about that but I, <laughs> well you are to me I okay <laughs> so no i enjoy i really enjoy reading your stuff so I just all wanna, right man well, thanks I appreciate it. thank you so much for uh joining us and uh and being on the show this week and uh really hope to have you on again all right man thanks a lot thank you and there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Williams from Texas Fish and Game. Awesome guy. Awesome uh, articles, content, stuff like that from him in print and digital on our magazine. And uh, really enjoyed our conversation. I love, again, talking about getting the youth started in these sports. I love the uh, the awesomeness of, um, of just the outdoors about everything fishing has to offer. Uh, we see transformations big time with my fishing ministry, Crosswater Outfitters, with taking soldiers fishing that have been kind of hardened by the war and, you know, life has been tough for them and they've lost buddies and a lot of post-traumatic stress disorder and all kinds of other issues like that. But, man, we see a transformation when they get out on the water. We've seen soldiers going from being real hardened and tough to being just just regular guys after after a good fishing trip and fishing can do that you know that's what i love about the outdoors and love about what we preach at texas fishing game as far as the outdoor lifestyle because it's it's, it's recreation it's fun it's blowing off steam it's getting out there and, and, and communing with god or whatever you're into uh, but for me, it's so much about the cumulative experience that all the outdoors is what's out there you know the you know the wondering of the outdoors the um 
the wonder of what's out there, you know, the wonder of keeping things in the unexpected category because you never know what you're going to see in the woods. You never know what you're going to see in the water. And that's what I love about the outdoors. It's always something new and different. It's always something uh, unpredictable in a lot of cases, uh, especially with, uh, with, with just about any outdoor sport you, uh, you go on every day is a different day, you know, and, um, uh, I'll never get tired of doing it. I know you're probably the same way out there, you know, just, we have a blast doing this and this is a tradition that I, I, I that I want to see continue, you know, that's why I'm really big about preaching about conservation and getting kids involved because, um, this is our legacy, man. This is our heritage. You know, I really want to see that go on and continue to inspire other people and, uh, give hope to other people that this is a place you can come to the woods and the water to, um, to do so many cool things and to relax and to just have a lot of fun. So thank you so much again for watching, reading, listening. Please check out our newsletters Tuesday, the tactical and practical newsletter. We've got all kinds of stuff in that wildlife Wednesday newsletter on Wednesdays and the Thursday, Texas state of the outdoor nation awesome awesome newsletters we have coming out every week the sponsor for the newsletter that runs this week that i'm releasing this podcast is going to be spot and that is a company uh global star is the parent company i think of spot and uh, they've got some really really cool products that can pretty much save your bacon uh in the outdoors especially if you get lost if you have an emergency outdoors that kind of stuff i mean this is a great product and a great gift idea for christmas for sure right now they're doing a holiday instant savings 50 percent off spot devices uh, program that will go through the end of december and so this is a great gift idea and you can get it at a deal right now uh, spot gen 3 global satellite gps messenger is on sale for 50 percent off as well as the spot trace theft alert tracking device um, that's also 50 percent off those are fantastic prices on technology that is just awesome for protecting your stuff uh, and uh, tracking your stuff down if it gets stolen or anything like that and also saving your bacon if you get lost or an emergency out in the uh, out in the woods or the water uh, offshore or in the mountains or offshore when you're fishing or whatever the case may be there's a lot of different places you can uh, carry this with you and use the device which works off satellites and um, and other technology uh, to uh, help you stay safe in the woods so anyway check them out at findmespot.com be on alert for this email that's in the email newsletter at fishgame.com um, this is the link that you click to get the 50% off savings. And if you need to email us through the, um, website uh, to get that email, you can email me directly at D W A R N C K E at fishgame.com. That's D W A R N C K E at fishgame.com. And I'll send you the email with the link that you can click on and get the 50% off the spot devices. Also this week, which is the week before this podcast releases, I have another deal with uh, Skullhooker, and uh, they've been a sponsor of the podcast before in the past, and um, I wanted to let you know that they're having a Black Friday Cyber Monday sale, so that's still going on this week when this podcast releases, and 10% off uh, and flat rate shipping. Use code TGF17, that's code TGF1717, TGF17, and... Um, you can check them out at skullhooker.com and they have a shop link you can check out our skullhooker.com forward slash shop and you'll check them out i really recommend these guys if you have a european mount i know a lot of texans love to do skull mounts european mounts euro mounts whatever you want to call them 
uh, on their walls and uh, on their tables. And they have a table hooker, they have a little hooker, they have a big hooker, they have a bone bracket. They've got all kinds of different stuff for mounting horns or mounting uh, full skull European mounts uh, with horns. Um, on their uh, on their website so now that we're approaching the holiday season i at least wanted to give a plug to spot and um, skull hooker since they're both running promotions with us to go check them out and i'll have links like i say in show notes that will uh that'll bring you right to those places for the sales so anyway thanks so much again for watching reading listening have an awesome day in the outdoors we'll see you next time